Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Helping you unwind after a long day of work. I think he's kind of a boob. Ken really taking the day south as a person. Can't go out there and be a moron. It doesn't work like that. The Nightcap. We're eating their food. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Well, this is not a DiBiase. This is an April Fool's prank. No, it's not. But this is the Nightcap here on WGR. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, hanging out with you here tonight as Joe needed some time off to. Move stuff into his new place. And I can that that hits me where I live. Right there. In your house? Yes, like, you know, moving to a new place, you know, that's something that uh It's crazy, man. It's it's not fun having to do that sort of moving sucks. It always does. So he's like, Hey man, I need a I need the day off. Say no more. So there it is. Welcome back to the nightcap here. And Derek and Kyle were hanging out tonight and I just asked a simple question. Is this the worst Sabres season of all time? It just... I feel like the fact that they're still terrible and unwatchable at the end of this season, coupled with the pain of having hope, because last year was bad, and they became the very first ever 31st place team in the National Hockey League. But it wasn't painful. They were dead by December. We could all just go do better things with our lives if we had the opportunity. Hey, you want to watch the Sabres game tonight? Nah, I think there's a rerun of Game of Thrones. Let's watch that instead. You had options like that. And it was because of the fact that the team was dead. Long gone. This year, in mid-December, they were a very viable playoff team as long as they played 500 hockey. And they didn't come close to it. That's a pretty low standard, asking for 500 hockey for the rest of the season. And they managed not to do that. 8030550. Buzz, you're on the nightcap. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Well, you know, we're doing what we do. What you got, Buzz? Uh, yeah, tough job sometimes uh, this time of year. But, uh, uh, hey, Bill, Bill, Bill season's looking up, though, I think. It's the, it's the circle of life in Buffalo sports. At least we have the Bills. And then six months later, we will say at least we have the Sabers. This time, the Bills might actually be really looking up. But I'm holding you to it, Buzz. Yeah, back to the Sabers. Um, so th- the first thing is I want to preface this with is that about three weeks ago, the Sabers lost a game like four-one or four-nothing, and and after the game, Housley comes, at, you know, he's got his press conference. I know he's not throwing anyone under the bus. I get all that. That's fine and dandy. But he, he said that we're playing well. And they're in the, they were in the middle of a, a horrible streak, of course. And he said, we're playing well, we're just not getting results. He didn't say we're playing hard. He didn't say we're playing good effort. He said we're playing well. Right at that point, I said, you've got to get rid of him. You know, and the, re, the reason they're not getting rid of him is because he's not an embarrassment like Rex was, I think. Uh, I think he's gone at the end of the year, but I don't think they wanted to cut him off 
you know, before the season ended like they did with Rex, because just Rex was such a buffoon. That being said, what you have to look for in a situation like this in life, you look for the silver lining. Life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Now, the, the Sabres lost 14 out of 15, and it's a better's paradise, dude. What you want is predictability in gambling, good or bad. And if you would have wagered enough to, to win $100 on each game the Sabres played, so like uh, against Columbus, you would have to lay 190 to win 100 <laughs> Tomorrow night, you're going to have to lay 200 It's already on the board. You have to lay 200 to win 100 If you would have laid all that money to win 100 on, on each Sabres game over the last 15 games, the only game they won was St. Louis, and you would have been laying 150 only. You would have made 1250 bucks in the last 15 games. So, I mean, it's a better paradise. Now, what that says to me is this is pathetic, and, and I'm <laughs> fed up with it. I mean, I did, something's got to give, and God bless you guys for, uh, you know, keeping – and by the way, one last thing before I go, the rant this morning – I had my radio turned up pretty loud because I was doing things around the house. I have three dogs, oh, yep. and, it, and the rant scared the dogs, <laughs> and they all went downstairs and walked into their cages and laid down, which I thought was awesome, actually. The rant was great. But, hey, thanks a lot for you guys taking my call, and you have a good night. All right. Thanks, Buzz. Thanks for calling. And, you know, there is one thing to that, though. I mean, first off, don't feel bad for us because at the end of the day, we do get paid to talk about it, and we do get paid to try to, you know, help you guys through it. You know, that's, that's what we do. And there's something sometimes pretty awesome of being the, being the therapist and the fan base is the couch. You know? Sometimes it's pretty rewarding to make people feel better. Sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's sadness. Sometimes it's just pure elation of something that has happened randomly with the Bills or the Sabres. You know, like, you know, that November, <laughs> that November streak. There's one thing. The Bills breaking the playoff drought. I remember how awesome and surreal that was working around here that week. So trust it. Trust me. Do not feel bad for us. You know, yeah, we might get annoyed by some bad takes or, uh, you know, some stupid guy calling in saying something about WGR sucks and, uh, you know, and then you just hang up on that person. You know, there's there's people like that. And it happens in no matter where you're working. So don't feel bad for us. We, we've got it here. Mike in Buffalo, you're on the nightcap. What's going on, Mike? Uh, thanks for taking my call. I think I hate to say it, but I think they got a clean house again. Hire Dean Lombardo as general manager and Suter as uh, coach. What do you think? Because they won the cup with the uh, Los Angeles Kings. At least you got experienced guys, not guys that are learning on a job. I will say, Mike, I do appreciate the angle of having experience. However, Dean Lombardi and Daryl Sutter at this point are kind of what I would call an old boys club. And it's more it, and what that means more or less is that they're stuck so hard on a certain type of hockey that teams will boat race you and run you out of the rink. And that's the other thing about it. I mean, you saw what Dean Lombardi did building Team USA in the World Cup of Hockey and that was probably the final indictment of never having him never wanting him as a general manager because Dean Lombardi actually was considered for the job when they hired Jason Bottrell. And I remember being terrified of the prospect of Dean Lombardi because he put the Kings kind of in a bit of a cap hell, which Luke Robitaille has gone ahead and doubled down on, by the way. And the other thing was that he signed a lot of bigger, slower players to extensions, often gross extensions. I mean, you look at what the Los Angeles Kings have to do paying out Dustin Brown right now. Dustin Brown is making 5.8 over the next three years. Dustin Brown is being paid until the end of 2022, and he is 34 years old. Jeff Carter is 34 years old. He's making 
over $5 million over the next three years. And the Kings, you look at what their team is this year. They're one of the few teams below the Sabres still in the standings. We'll talk at the end of the year about the final final standings there, but my point remains. I mean, Dean Lombardi kind of scares me. Uh, Daryl Sutter kind of scares me. I would I would not mind experience, but I want it in the right place. I want it in the right style. And that's why I think if I'm going for an experienced coach, I'm already writing off Joel Quenville. But I would want Joel Quenville. I just don't think it's happening. But Elaine Vigneault is an interesting player in all of this, in the discussions, as a guy that could be the next coach for the Buffalo Sabres. And that's an argument I'm willing to listen to. Todd McClellan, I don't know. I don't think I could ever trust a man who got reverse swept. Never trust the reverse. Like, never forget the reverse sweep. You got to always hold that against Todd McClellan. But Todd McClellan's made a Stanley Cup with the San Jose Sharks. And then Edmonton, a place very similar to Buffalo in terms of roster compilation and, quite frankly, general disaster. You think McClellan wanna, would want to come back to a situation that he was just fired from? I'm not sure about that. Um, so it, it's interesting. I still think my favorite head coaching option would be Chris Taylor. The way he has handled the youth, and a discussion actually that Kyle and I had after the Sabres had lost to the Flyers. Mm-hmm. I remember this conversation. This conversation, you, was- me, and Brian Cozy, we were talking after the game, after the broadcast, about Chris Taylor. And how Philadelphia fires Dave Haxtell, and they suddenly became a playoff threat for a decent portion of the back half of the year. After looking dreadful. That's th- Come on, that's putting it nicely. I mean... Say it from the heart. I'm... Booty? Okay, that's the best you got. That's fine. It was bad. I'm, I'm trying to keep it FCC clean here, bud. <laughs> the Flyers... Under Dave Haxtall, let me give it to you. They were not FCC Mar- clean, Derek. Marcos, be ready here. <laughs> Tackle him if you must. Ronald Acuna just <laughs> hit a bomb in Atlanta. So, but the main point being, what happened? They brought up their coach from the minor leagues. Not getting the name. Help me out here, Kyle. Scott Gordon. Scott Gordon. It coincided with the NHL debut of Carter Hart. And again, Scott Gordon, one of his biggest strengths was helping out the youth developing in Lehigh. And therefore, that's what I think could happen and be a big beneficiary for the Buffalo Sabres here. Victor Olsen's a threat to make the roster next year. Alex Nylander is a threat to make the roster next year. Will Borgen is a threat to make the roster next year. Lawrence Pilot should make the roster. Rasmus Dahlin is 19 years old. You have a lot of youth. Chris Taylor, I think, would have... Don't forget Casey Middlestat and Tage Thompson. And the majority of those names have played under Chris Taylor. Therefore, if you can get a guy that is a youth whisperer and can help you unleash the talent and speed of the young players on your team, that is why I think that he's my leading candidate for the job. Not to mention, the man's doing a pretty good job of collecting wins and losses as a head coach. To me, the biggest role of a head coach in the minor leagues for your AHL team is to make sure that everyone's developing properly and on time. The results generally would come w- along with it. But your biggest your biggest job as an AHL coach to me, and I could be wrong about this, but this is my opinion, is that 
you need to make sure that the pieces that you've got, the young players, are developing. And they're developing properly. And that's Chris Taylor. And he's winning as well. So he's managing the game as well as managing the youth on this team. I know someone, I know there's a lot of people that would want experienced coaches, but I think, and hey, we've been wrong before. Like I said, Phil Housley was widely seen as a, as a solid hire, and it just didn't work out. And maybe it could be the same for Taylor, but I'm willing to stay by this stance. So go ahead and save that, Kyle, and be ready to play that back for me in a couple of years. Steve in Tennessee, calling here on the nightcap. Steve, what's going on, man? Steve, we got you. Going once, going twice. Stevesy, you there, bud? No Stevesy. We don't got we don't got Stevesy. All right. But at the end of the day, the main question that I asked, is this the worst Sabres season of all time? I'm still thinking absolutely it is. Because of the fact that you were given hope and it was crushed. In Buffalo, we've learned something as sports fans. Hope is dangerous. It's almost even evil to have hope. UB won 32 games. (laughs) UB won 32 games. And you're feeling high and mighty about the college basketball program around here. College basketball is in a spot where it has never been before. What happens? One loss to Texas Tech later, and you've lost your head coach. And along with him, possibly the assistant coach. And along with them, several players that have recruited that pledged to play under Nate Oates will possibly follow suit. Because you don't commit to a school sometimes more so than you commit to a coach and their system and what they can promise you. Hope is dangerous. It's evil. Never love again. (laughs) I'm obviously kidding about those parts. All right, looks like we got Steve in Tennessee back here. Steve, you're on the nightcap. What's going on? Hey, sorry about that earlier. No worries. We got you. Up there. I uh, just want to give you a little perspective from Tennessee because I'm familiar with Phil Housley down here. I'm, I'm a Sabres fan, 82 games a year, 80 games. I'm a Preds fan, and I watch both. But <clears throat> I look at Housley, and he did a good job, and they miss him here. Then I look at, at Botterill. He, he does a great job in his prior job was to build their AHL team and have prospects. I look at some of the moves he's made and the positives that they've had. They get Skinner, which was great. He's not signed. They get Montour out of the trade from St. Louis. But the St. Louis trade was a loss for us. I mean, a total, that was, that was bad. Oh, yeah. We get Sherry, but there's anchors to a lot of these deals. We get Sherry, but then we have Hunwick. Then we get, in the in the other trade, you get Thompson, but then you get Saboka and Berglund. I think Botterill builds prospects for the future like he did at Pittsburgh. And we're not seeing immediate impact from that. And it's just a bad situation. I mean, he may be a guy that's just going to be a assistant GM, and maybe Housley's just going to be a guy that does D. But it's just, I mean, Botterill's buying the groceries. And 
Housley's the one that's got to do it. And I just, I personally thought before this year started, our lineup was worse. I expected it to be worse than last year. I mean, you had O'Reilly, who was a two-way player, and you put uh, Middlestat in a situation where uh, it's just been bad. I mean, it's it's awful. But I don't know whose fault it is. I I don't know. I mean, it, it's the the wealth has to be distributed. And thank you, Steve, for the call. And uh, thanks for you know coming back along after we missed you there the first time. It's interesting, but at the same time. I've seen Jason Bottrell, in my opinion, do a better job so far. Is that good enough? No. This team is awful. Again. But I also am seeing more signs of promise with him. I mean, I look at the Brandon Montour trade, the latest piece of work from Jason Bottrell. And there is something there to me. I think you got yourself a very solid top four defenseman. You paid the price of a first-round pick and a struggling prospect in Brendan Gooley. Which, by the way, Anaheim is just going full full on old boys club, by the way, because Brendan Gooley has not played much since being acquired by Anaheim. And they're terrible. You need to play your prospects. If you traded for him and he's in the press box, what's he doing there? So there's that. Nice job, Anaheim. But I'm seeing, I see a guy that, yes, he's missed on some things. The Ryan O'Reilly trade needs to be called out now at every opportunity. And it just really is one of the, it hurts. I didn't really see too much uh, struggle with the uh, Connor Sherry trade, for example. Because Matt Hunwick is a guy that he's, he's got a decent sized cap hit, but he also only paid a fourth round pick for a winger that should factor into your top six or your top nine i don't know man i just i get stuck on this point sometimes going back to the ryan o'reilly trade hindsight is a beautiful devilishly beauty thing that we have in our lives he was getting traded let's be real about this yes i understand i understand that he was getting traded but the fact that he was already out the door and he had those comments like there's there was some damaging baggage with ryan o'reilly i'm just curious as to your thoughts like if you're jason botcherill or if you had an idea in place on what you could have possibly gotten for ryan o'reilly because he's, he's a good player he never reached 70 points until this year in St. Louis, but you knew what you were getting from him. But those comments were damning. And his career in Buffalo, as it's as it stood, unless you were going to make drastic changes around Ryan O'Reilly and kind of accommodate to him, he was not staying here. But I just I, looking back and thinking about that day when, you know, the the inevitability. I just wonder what you could have possibly done that was better than this, because people know this. There may be some dumb general managers around this league, but nobody didn't hear those comments. They knew what they were getting in Ryan O'Reilly. He was a damaged player. You knew what you were getting, but those comments spoke volumes around the league. It's kind of hard to fool somebody into getting more than what you think you're going to get for a player of his caliber after those things were said. It was a very tough situation. Let's I think, be re- you were, I think yeah. no matter where you were sending him, you were going to be hooked with baggage coming back because you're sending baggage. And Teams know he's let's, not he's Let's not be real about one you. piece of that baggage, by the way. I don't think anyone saw Patrick Berglund retiring. Well, no, of course, no. And he admittedly did not handle the trade well. Nobody sees that sort of thing coming when you're trying to acquire players back in return. Nobody sees that coming. It's And if you do, well, congratulations, go buy a lottery ticket, you're the new Nostradamus. It's, it's tough. But Jason Bottrell does need to be looked at. Because guess what? 
for me, I'm going to say it. When Phil Housley gets fired, because it better be when, and if it's not, guess what? The pressure cooker's back on you anyway, Bottrell. Because then you would have kept a coach that managed to just play out the string after January hit. So it's damn if you do, and almost damn if you don't kind of a situation. You fire Housley, well, guess what? You're next in the firing line. You better make sure things go right. If you don't fire Housley, the storm's coming after you and him at the same time. So Jason Bottrell's in a spot where he's going to have to perform. He's going to have to keep improving this roster. We have to see what he's got. 803-0551-888-552-550. Mike in Buffalo. You're on the nightcap. What's going on, Mike? Yeah, guys. Uh, talking about improving the roster, Bonner will better be out there wandering around with uh, with contracts in hand uh, looking for college free agents uh, other than uh, Jacob Bryson, who's going to finish his career any day now. Uh, anybody that you that heard that he might be talking to? I haven't heard anything, Mike, and thanks for the call. Uh, good news is he's not going to have to walk very far. You can just go right to Key Bank Center. Frozen Four is right here. Um, but I haven't heard anything on that, but I know that Jason Bottrell and even the Sabres organization as a whole has had a tendency to bring a couple players in lately. I mean, Evan Rodriguez and C.J. Smith are the first two that immediately stick out to mind. Casey Nelson was also brought in as a college free agent. So I'd expect that Jason Bottrell is going to absolutely be doing his due diligence there. I mean, Connor Sherry was a guy that he brought in from Pittsburgh. Well, he was part of the management team. He wasn't the GM there. I'm going to make sure that I say that correctly. But Connor Sherry was brought in as a college free agent. He was on that staff. So I would imagine, Mike, that he's going to absolutely be taking a peek at what players could be signing there. 8030551 We're we're having our pow wow today about the Buffalo Sabres. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, and Marcos Watkins, our intern, working hard. We're hanging out with you here on the nightcap, and guess what we're gonna do next? I'm going to make Kyle a very, very tempting offer. Kyle, I'm going to give you baseball questions if they're delivered in an unorthodox way. I can I can do that. I can make it happen. That's coming I up. Put, I, coach, I can do it. That's coming up next right here on the Nightcap on WGR. And the pitch. Swinging at a fly ball to right and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here! Gone for Yelich! Four in a row! Kyle's having a ball playing baseball highlights. Best night of his work career here at WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell. And our intern, Marcos Watkins, helping out along as well. Before we get to your baseball stuff, though, Kyle, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get Mark and Kenmore on here real quick. Mark, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Yeah, hi. Um, I'm a, I've been a big Buffalo Sabres fan most of my life. I'm in my 50s, and I've been a season ticket holder, but it has been tough. It's been rough, to say the least. Uh, I think the biggest thing this offseason – for the Buffalo Sabres, from the ownership on down, 
this team has to repair its relationship with its fans. I think it, there's a, the fans don't respect this team because they don't. So I don't think they respect themselves as a team. And I want a team that shows up to play every night. You may not be as good as, let's say, the Islanders or the you know, or Toronto, or whatever. But when you show up, at least you get you. At least you have a fighting chance. You look like you know what you're doing. And as far as Bottero goes, I think when he took over back a couple of years ago. I think that there's still so much dead wood on this team that you couldn't give away in a trade. And if you want to make a trade like the O'Reilly trade, the team that you're dealing with is going to say, look, we'll take him and his contract, but we want to get rid of a contract we don't want. So it's a marriage of convenience, unfortunately, but you really don't help yourself in the end. Yeah, that's true. And, Mark, I will say this, though. Uh, on your On your major point of wanting to... You know, help out with the uh, rapport with the fan base again. There is one simple way and one simple way only to make that truly happen. You know that taste that we got in November? That feeling we had as 2018 was rolling down? You need to keep it up for the whole year. Winning is the only cure at this point. Winning will finally get all the tank talk to go away forever. Winning will help you forget about these last two dreadful seasons. Winning is the only cure to all of this. So the biggest the biggest job on their plate is Jason Bottrell's got to improve the roster. This team has to look at a better head coaching option and make the right hire. Players that need to develop and take the next step need to take that next step. Casey Middlestat and Tage Thompson are guys that you wanted more out of them this year. They were young players, but you were hoping for more. As a matter of fact, the organization expected more from a guy like Casey Middlestat, who was widely seen as the best player not in the NHL last year that belonged to another team, because obviously Rasmus Dahlin had not been drafted yet. The biggest cure to all of this is winning. So step one will once again remain. you got to give us a competing team that will make the playoffs. If Carolina makes it, Buffalo is back to having the longest playoff drought in a major professional sports league. You would think that we'd be able to enjoy it for a little longer, right? You would think... Bah. Well, let's at least make someone in this studio happier. Kyle. Yes. Yes, sir. Are there... This is going to sound really dumb when I say it, so it's pretty much on brand for me. Okay. Are there baseball tunes to play behind uh, behind us here? I will make it happen, You sir. will make it happen because you are good like that. Would you like turkey time? No. <laughs> I still hate you for that. <laughs> Dear God. Good I don't God, even... I probably I can't still, find that again. I will try. still... It's probably pretty easy. All you got to probably type in is turkey time, and you're probably going to get it. Don't do it. <laughs> I will kick you out of here. I will make the intern pick you up and carry you out of here if you do that. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit of baseball here in this segment. Why? Because, well, someone at least deserves to be happy around here, and the Sabres aren't going to make any of us happy. 
Go check out the Bisons. Opening day is on Thursday. So go to Bisons.com. Check that out. And if you can't ever make it to a game or you want to hear them playing on the road, they are always this season on our sister station at ESPN 1520 over the summer. I'm trying to stall for Kyle so that he can get some uh, get some good tunage here. At this point, I'm just saying go to the folder and play some bumps. Oh, here we go. <laughs> now, Kyle, I promised you that I'm going to ask you questions, but it's going to be in a form of an unorthodox manner. And what was this manner? None of you are asking. I'm going to make someone else do it. I'm going to make someone that's an intern do it. That is right. Marcos Watkins, our intern for the nightcap. You're already doing bad at this. Why's that? There you go. You oh, got the mic on. See, how's that? How's that on me? Rookie struggles. <laughs> <laughs> he was nervous. That's all it was. All right, Marcos, you and I are going to hit Kyle with some questions, his predictions for the baseball season, and anything else that we've got for him. You ready yes, to go? Course. Oh, yeah. I'm always ready. All right. I'm going to start this one off with something ridiculous. How many homers do you think Harper's going to hit this season for Philly? Really? We had to start with the Harper question? Yes, because he's a Philly fan. You, but you know I'm a Nationals fan. I'm You're playing. killing me, man. Okay. Well, we're making Kyle happy. We're asking Kyle questions. Yeah, stay objective here, Marcos. Right, fine, fine. Part of this Kyle is that happy. you have to stay objective. Was I just yelling and crying about the Sabres all show? Yes. Who cares? Shut <laughs> up. How many homers you got for Harper? 39. 39. Okay. Another 30, and that's more nice. Marcos, what do you got for him? Uh, I refuse to answer. Oh, you're asking me what next question I want yeah, to ask. Yeah, what do you got well, for uh, I know it's still early in the season, but... It's only the first week. Yeah, obviously, Derek. You don't need Thank to you. say that. Carry on. You're only doing this to me because I'm an intern, but... Uh, yes, you're do, right. do you kind of have a surprise team this year you think could make a run? I liked what the Minnesota Twins in the off did in the offseason, oh. and especially in a pretty weak AL Central. My... I did some picks with a couple of friends that I used to run a podcast with at college. I just submitted mine yesterday, a little bit late, a couple days in the season. So I was a little biased, but even before the season started, I feel like the Twins are primed to take over an Indians team that is very weak offensively. Their oh, yeah. rotation is going to get them to 85, 87, 88 wins, but I have the Twins winning 91 and being the first team to win the Central. That was not named the Indians since, let me think, probably the Tigers regime Oh yeah, in the late 2010s. I think the Twins are primed to not only dethrone the Indians, but be the only team out of the Central to even make a wild-card spot. I don't have Cleveland in the playoffs this year. Oh, wow. Ooh. Oh, yeah. All right, so the Twins winning the Central there. That's see, I hate to kind of see that because I am a Terry Francona fan. I really do like Terry Francona. By the way, I don't think anyone's going to kill you over um, putting your picks in four games into a 160-some-odd-game <laughs> season. I, th- I think you're okay. You're probably right. I think you're going to be all right on that one. All right. So, let's ask the basics. We just started with it. Yale Central belongs to the Twins, according to Kyle. So, what do you got around the rest of the American League? My AL East winner is the Yankees with 99, although that could be subject to a lot of scrutiny should the injuries continue to pile up. They just lost Giancarlo Stanton to a bicep strain today. But that is what I picked yesterday, and on this Google Doc, it was yesterday at 1.36 p.m., I don't My need decisions a, went final. We don't need a st- we don't need a timestamp. Stick with your conviction. Let's go. Yankees at 99 wins. The Twins win the Central with 91. I have the Astros being the only team to get to the century mark with 100 wins in the AL West. 
In the wild card, I have the Red Sox finishing as wild card team number one with 97. And the AL East will have three representatives in the playoffs really? this year. The Tampa Bay Rays win 90 games again. And it's good enough in a weak American League to be the second wild card team. Nobody out of the West surprises me. I think the Houston, I, Houston again, will steamroll that division. And in the Central, I told you I expect the Indians to win around 85 to 88. They will miss will out be because enough. of Tampa Bay. You mean the Twins? Oh, for the wild, wild card. card. My bad. My bad. All right. So in the AL, what you got on your Cy, Cy Young? Who's who's your hot pitcher here? Whoops. All right. Let's go. Oh, boy. Ooh, this is an on-the-spotter. This is an on-the-spotter. Ooh, I got him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Ladies he's and thinking, gentlemen, he's thinking. we got him. I am going to go with – go hot here because it's on the fly. Shoot from the hip. Let's go. Jose Barrios. All right. Okay. I'm going to the bank. I'm going to the casino. I'll see you guys later. Jose Barrios, <laughs> bye. He's going to have a breakout season for Minnesota. Seat in my pants right there. You got me. Now, now the next thing I kind of want to know is you've seen the new Miami Marlins logo, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think about it? And also, over under on them winning 70 games. Mm. I like the new logo. I think that ballpark and that logo was just destined to not be a fan favorite. <laughs> they got rid of the dolphin, which No, no, I thought they I thought it was a Isn't it a Marlin? I'm pretty sure it is. It, I'm well, sorry, I'm talking about the dolphin statue. Oh, you're talking about the statue, okay. Yeah. It's not a marlin? What was I saying? Dolphin? He, dolphin? he called it a dolphin. It I'm pretty sure it is a Marlin, but I would hope so. A lot of people from distance wouldn't be able to really. I would hope so. It's the Miami Marlins. (laughs) You make a good point. You make a good point. And then again, the Marlins are a mess. Yeah, but even Derek, even you can comment. It's the one I think on the on my left, the far left. Can you see it there, or do I need to kind of capsize the screen for you? No, 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 you got it. You know, it's kind of a mixture. That logo is weird. It's kind of like they went back to like their old logo, like when they first started, and took like the colors from that four-year period of like 2012 to 2016, like with Fernandez, and basically just like infused those colors with that old Miami Marlins logo when they first started. I don't hate it, but at the same time, it's only because it's the best one of the most recent logos. I gotta go last, by the way. Then seventy wins. Mm. Okay. All right. Then. I mean, you, no one would blame you for saying. That. So. All right. I know. I was on the fence. I, I wonder, there's, there's I wonder if I'm going to catch you off guard here again. Okay. AL MVP. Yeah, you'll probably catch me off guard. I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and bet on the uh, guy that signed a contract for a bunch of money. Who? Mike Trout. I'll go Mike Trout. Yeah. You want to yeah. go Mike Trout? It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a sellout pick. Now, you know yeah, but that's like picking Alabama to win the national championship in football. You it, know, like, It doesn't mean you feel particularly proud of making the pick. Ah, good point. It's like it's like throwing an NCAA bracket together that has all the one seeds in the final four. Yeah, exactly. I did that. Actually, no, that's not the same because that's only happened one time in the history of the NCAA. Yes, but it's the safe thing. That's what I'm saying. How is it the safe thing if it's never safe. happened? <laughs> or what, one but time. people don't. But people always go for the higher seed if they want to feel safe. People go for Mike Trout at the MVP because they want to feel safe. People go for Alabama to win the college national championship because they feel safe. I'm just saying that analogy didn't really connect, but I, I see what you're saying. If we're going to the NHL saying. playoffs, people are going to pick the Lightning to win the Cup because it's safe. 
also because they're terrifying. And it needs to happen. <clears throat> Capitals are going to win, though. All right, let's calm down here. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to put you on the spot for the NL for the same questions because, you know, you're going to have to think about those things, and we don't have that time. We don't have Reese time. Hoskins. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. We got a quick one there. A buzzer beater there. <laughs> no, that wasn't a buzzer beater. He just, he just fired right back. All right, what do you got for the other one, genius? The NL Cy Young? Yeah. <laughs> Please say who I think you're going to say if you want to make me happy. Make us both happy today. <laughs> Patrick Corbin? That was that April Fool's. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's move it along here. I, I can hit him with another one. All right, well, no. Um, quick, your <laughs> predictions in the NL. Oh, he's got to bring it back up. He lost it. He closed. Phillies win the NL East with 95. Oh, what a shock. He picked the Phillies. The Brewers win the NL Central, a competitive NL Central with 94 wins. They will beat each other up. I think all of those teams could be somewhat competitive, not all to the finish line. Philly but it's a strong Philly team. But yeah, <laughs> Dodgers are uh, the West winners with 96. The Rockies, number one spot in the wild card with 93. And the St. Louis Cardinals, 92 wins. All right. Notice I didn't have the Cubs or the Nationals. Well, sorry, Marcos. It's Can't okay. have all of our dreams yeah, come true. Yeah. Welcome to Buffalo. At least I have a championship, but. All right, you can you can leave. That's you can you can that. you can go. Your time is done, I, intern. I do want to ask. Go though. cut more sound, intern. <laughs> I do want to ask though, Kyle. So Give you, me my coffee, intern. Thanks, Derek. I do want to ask though. So you mentioned the Dodgers. If you think if they don't win it all this year, you think they should blow it up? Because hmm. it's been it's been a while now. They've made a lot of moves. I mean, now that we, we've seen them trade Yasiel Puig. And, all right, we gotta go. Answer quickly. I don't think they should blow it up. Their their pockets are too deep. That's like selling the Yankees to blow it up. All right. I have, I have a little rant on April Fools for the uh, last call here on the nightcap. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, and intern Marcos Watkins making a radio appearance here on WGR. You're listening to the nightcap. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, Marcus Watkins jumped in on the fun here today as well. So it was a full team here in place of Sneaky Joe. You'll have him back on Wednesday. So that's the good news there if you're a fond person of Sneaky Joe. Let me just tell you something real quick, though, about uh, April Fool's. Listen to me. First off, you don't need a designated day to prank somebody. Don't let the calendar tell you what you have to do with your life. Are there suggestions like go to the grocery store and you wrote it in your calendar or something like that, or you got work this time to this time. Yes, those are good ideas. But um, celebrating April Fool's Day for me is kind of a uh, it's kind of a garbage idea. I don't need to have a specific day to tell me when I get to prank somebody. No, I should be allowed to prank anybody at any time, and I should expect it from anybody at any time. Tom Brady goes ahead and decides to join Twitter today. And what is the first thing that he goes ahead and says? Oh, I'm retiring. Oh, hearty har har, Mr. Brady. You're as clever as... I don't know. You're not clever. You're as clever as me trying to come up with a comeback for that. Okay? Oh, yeah, look at that. I'm going to tweet for the first time and say that I'm retiring. First off, nobody's buying it. At all. And if someone did buy it, well, you're less clever than he is. 
good April prank, April Fool's pranks require work. They require something. You don't just get to jump on a computer and say, oh, I, oh this. That's not a good prank. Plot twist. It was actually Giselle. And she was being real. like she was Tom <laughs> and she trying was... to end his career <laughs> so he can get off the field. And then she realized what day it was. I'm here for that theory. But, like, you heard Mike Shope earlier in, in the 6 o'clock hour talking about his April Fool's prank. It's fantastic. Why? The effort is there. And it pays off. The payout is fantastic. Why? Because the work was put in. If you're going to prank someone today in the remaining three hours of April Fool's, do it with gusto, but also do it with some work. Put something into it. I'm not going to say things that are ideas, but it, I mean, one way to work hard at, at it is, uh, you know, saran wrap the car of someone that you, saran wrap your buddy's car and then get a blow dryer and just melt it on there. That's a good prank. Don't do that. You're probably going to owe thousands. Thanks for listening to the ICAP. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, Marcos Watkins. We all brought you this one here. Sneaky Joe comes back with you on the solo mission on Wednesday. Meanwhile, you know how it is. Sabres play Tuesday and Thursday this week. Buckle up. Thanks for listening. This is WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.